Greetings, good morning, and welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives, and that's where you go to support this mission of truth. Well, this morning we are looking for some wisdom and some encouragement to start our week. We're going to be ready for Psalm 36 and 37, along with Proverbs 24. Uh, Psalm 36 is pretty short. Uh, we'll really be focusing in on Psalm 37. And one of the themes that I noticed when looking through it is you have this idea of don't fret or be worked up about the wicked, right? Like they're getting away with all these things. The day is coming. And when the day comes which it describes as the evil day. When the evil day comes, you know, when things fall apart, when that situation collapses, when when the inevitable comes, the righteous will be preserved and the unrighteous won't. I'm reminded of 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, which says, The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust into the day of judgment to be punished. Like he, like God can be judging and preserving at the same time. And I think that's a theme that you'll notice this morning as we read the Psalms. And I don't know about you, but I can definitely use that encouragement. Because it's difficult. It's difficult to... To think of the things that they've gotten away with, especially especially recently in the last couple of years. Like the lies that they've gotten away with. The evil that they've gotten away with. The murder that they've gotten away with. The deception that they've gotten away with. The theft that they've gotten away with. And it's like, will there ever be justice? And the answer is yes. Most definitely. And the world is ripe for the evil day, as the Bible calls it this morning. Let's begin. Start with Psalm 36. I think it's only 12 verses or so. And then we'll get into Psalm 37, uh, the meat of our study for this morning. Let's begin with Psalm 36, King James Bible. Verse 1. The transgression of the wicked saith within my heart that there is no fear of God before his eyes, for he flattereth himself in his own eyes until his iniquity be found to be hateful. The words of his mouth are iniquity and deceit he hath left off to be wise and to do good. He devises mischief upon his bed, and he setteth himself in a way that is not good and he abhorreth not evil. Thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens, and in thy faithfulness reacheth unto the clouds. Thy righteousness is like the great mountains. Thy judgments are like a great deep. O Lord, thou preservest man and beast. How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God! Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house, and thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasures. 
for with thee is the fountain of life, and in thy light shall we see light. O continue thy loving kindness unto them that know thee, and thy righteousness to the upright in heart. Let not the foot of pride come against me, and let not the hand of the wicked remove me. They are the workers of iniquities fallen. They are cast down, and shall not be able to rise. So that's Psalm 36. Now we're going to get into our main psalm for this morning. Psalm 37, a psalm of David. Let's begin. Verse 1. Fret not thyself because of evildoers. Neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall, sh they shall soon be cut down like the grass, and wither as a green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Let's pause for just a second, just to review the first few verses here. So we begin with, don't fret because of the evildoers. And don't be envious at what they're accomplishing. Why? Verse 2, For they shall soon be cut down like grass, and wither as a green herb. So instead of worrying about that, and worrying about them, and when are they going to get what they got coming, and how is it that they continue to prosper and I continue to struggle? Verse 3, Trust in the Lord and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. That's number one. Trust in God, you'll be taken care of. Number five. Verse five. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Or I'm sorry, I skipped verse four, which is important. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. Commit thy ways unto the Lord. Trust in him, and he shall bring it to pass, and he shall bring forth the righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Jesus says something similar, you know, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Like, don't worry about what we're going to eat, drink, and all that. God, Trust in God, commit your ways to him, and he's going to take care of those little details. Don't fret about the evil. You just trust Walk with God, and he will care for you. Verse 7. Rest in the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger, and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. For evil doers shall be cut off. But those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, 
thou shalt diligently consider his place, and he shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Okay, again, please note. By the way, this, this psalm might sound like a familiar psalm um, that Jesus may have quoted a few times, right? Like we just quoted Jesus a minute ago. Now look at verse 11. The meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. What does Jesus say in Matthew chapter 5? Verse 5. Doing the Beatitudes, right? Blessed are the meek. Why? For they shall inherit the earth. The psalmist is saying, don't be worried about the evildoers. They're going to be cut off. Like, in a short time... What does it say? For evildoers shall be cut off. But those who wait upon the Lord shall inherit the earth for yet a little while. Like if you wait just long enough, and the wicked shall not be. And you shall diligently consider where are they, right? And it shall not be, but the meek shall inherit the earth. And shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Verse 12. The wicked plotteth against the just. And gnashes upon him with his teeth. The Lord shall laugh at him. For he seeth that his day is coming. You see they, they keep getting away with it don't they? And they just get more brazen and more wicked and more evil. And they contemplate even more wickedness while they're asleep in their bed. Like they just never stop planning to do awful because they're terrible. God laughs at their plans. Why? Well, because he knows their day's coming. The Lord shall laugh at him. Who's him? The wicked who plotteth against the just. The Lord shall laugh at him, for he seeth the day his day is coming. Verse, verse 14, The wicked have drawn out the sword, and have bent their bows to cast down the poor and the needy, and to slay such have be of an upright conversion conversation. Their sword shall enter their own heart, and their bows shall be broken. So they've got all these plans to do to the just and to the needy and to the poor. They got their swords out right. Well, they're going to they're, they're gonna land on their own sword. It's kind of that same theme that we read through the Psalms and Proverbs a lot, like how they dig the ditches and the pits for the righteous, but then they themselves fall into it. Haman makes a, uh, you know, a gallop for Mordecai, but Haman himself hangs on it himself. It's that, it's that idea. Verse 16, a little that a righteous man hath is better than the riches of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholdeth the righteous. The Lord knoweth the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied. That verse 19 is important. It's what we, what I just mentioned earlier out of Second Peter. The Lord knows how to, you know, to be, preserve the righteous in the day of temptation, and to reserve the unjust to be punished. Right? He's saying that same thing in Psalm 37, verse 19. When the evil day comes, what happens? Right? Let's read it again. 
they shall they shall not be ashamed in the evil time talking about the righteous and then in days of famine they shall be satisfied so even though all of these terrible judgments going on the righteous will be cared for verse 20 but the wicked shall perish and the enemies of the lord shall be as the fat of lambs they shall consume into smoke they shall consume away the wicked borroweth and payeth not again, and the righteous showeth mercy and giveth. For such as be blessed of him shall inherit the earth, and they shall be cursed of him, they shall be cut off. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his ways. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. Listen to this. What David's getting ready to say is, Listen. I've been around a long time and I know how God cares for the righteous and even the children of the righteous. Listen to this. Verse 25, I have been young and now I am old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. He was saying, I've been young and now I'm old, so I've lived a full life, and in my entire life I've never seen the righteous forsaken by God, nor the children of the righteous begging for bread. Why? Verse 26, he is ever merciful, and lendeth his seed is blessed. Depart from evil, and do good, and dwell forevermore, for the Lord loveth judgment, and forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved forever, but the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell therein forever. The mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom, and the tongue talketh of judgment. The law of his God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. The wicked watches for the righteous and seeketh to slay him. The Lord will not leave him in his hand, nor condemn him when he is judged. Wait on the Lord and keep his way, and he shall exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. He just keeps going on with that theme. There's a day coming, the wicked are going to be cut off, and you know who will be left standing to inherit everything? The righteous. Verse 35, I have seen the wicked in great power, and spreading himself like a green bay tree, yet he passed away, and lo, he was not. Yea, I sought him, and could not be found. Mark the perfect man, and behold upright, for the end of that man is peace. But the transgressors shall be destroyed together, and the end of the wicked shall be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. That is Psalm 37. And quite frankly, Psalm 37 des deserves years of study and contemplation. We could go line by line and write a devotional pages of thoughts of what is being taught by that psalm. God's word 
This is why through for th thousands of years now, God's word still impacts the reader. It's still relevant to what the reader is dealing with. It's still encouraging to the reader. It's still hope to the reader. It's a, it's a running fountain that never ends. It's living. The word of God is alive. That's why it still speaks to you today. That's why it's still relevant today because it's, it's living itself. Man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord. Let's move on. Psalm, or Proverbs 24. I'm, gonna, I'm running out of time, so we're going to go through this quickly. Let's get a little bit of wisdom. Hopefully you've been encouraged. Let's see what it has to say for us. Proverbs 24, verse 1. And, by the way, I just have to mention this because I just saw the first verse. I haven't pre-read 24 for this morning. Kind of short on time. I pre-read Psalm 37 last night. Just prayed God would help me this morning. but So I haven't even looked at that Proverbs 24 full disclosure. So I'm going into it blind. Listen to the first verse. Tell me if this is an accident. Be thou not envious against evil men. Neither desire to be with them, for their hearts studieth destruction, and their lips talk of mischief. Through wisdom is a house builded, and by understanding is it established. Please note that be, be thou not envious against the evil men. Why do this? Why does the word of God keep telling us this? It told us this like three or four times in our Psalms this morning. Don't be envious. What does it mean to be envious? It's like don't want what they have. Yeah, but they got the, you know, they got the big house and the nice car and all this money and they have freedom. Like they're not stuck at the office all day. Like, don't be envious. Why? Because the, their day is coming and the people who trust in the Lord are going to be preserved and exalted and taken care of and they're going to inherit everything. The wicked are going to burn. There's nothing to be envious about. Their little worldly trinkets aren't going to matter when the fire comes. Their mansions on the hill aren't going to matter when the brimstone rains down. If the economy collapses, guess what? They're poor like everyone else. If war happens, do you think that their servants are going to guard their property? I mean, when the evil day comes, they got no hope. But the righteous, they have hope in the Lord that he will protect and provide regardless of the circumstances. And no matter what's going on, he has the power and the ability to do it. Amen. All right, I'm running myself out of time. Verse 3, through wisdom is a house builded, and by understanding is it established. And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. A wise man is strong, yea, a man of knowledge increases strength. For by wise counsel thou shalt make thy war, and in a multitude of counselors there is safety. Wisdom is too high for a fool, 
he openeth not his mouth in the gate. He that devises to do evil shall be called a mischief, mischievous person. The thought of, the, of foolishness is sin, and the scorner is an abomination to men. If thou faint in the day of adversary, adversity, thy strength is small. If thou forbear to deliver them that are drawn into death, and that those are ready to be slain, if thou sayest, Behold, we knew it not, doth not he that pondereth the heart consider it? And he that keepeth thy soul, doth not he know it? And shall not he render to every man according to his works? My son, eat thou honey, because it is good, and the honeycomb which is sweet to thy taste. So shall the knowledge of wisdom be unto thy soul when thou hast found it. Then there shall be a reward, and thy expectation shall not be cut off. Lay not weight, O wicked man, against the dwelling of the righteous. Spoil not his resting place, for a just man falleth seven times and rises up again. But the wicked shall fall into mischief. I love that line. God's telling the wicked, like, don't waste your time um, trying to attack the righteous. Because no matter how many times he falls, I'm getting him back up. Not so with you, O wicked man. Verse 17. Rejoice not when thy enemy falleth, and let not thy heart be glad when he stumbleth. Lest the Lord see it, and it displease him, and turn away his wrath from him. Ooh. So when, when they do get what they deserve, don't be sitting around going, I'm glad they got theirs, right? Rejoice not when the enemy falleth, and, not, and let not thy heart be glad when he stumbleth, lest the Lord see it, and it displease him, and he turn away his wrath from him. Again, fret not. Verse 19, fret not thyself because of evil men, neither be thou envious of the wicked, for there shall be no reward to an evil man. The candle of the wicked shall be put down. My son... Fear thou the Lord and the King, and meddle not with them that are given to change. For their calamity shall rise suddenly, and who knoweth the ruin of them both? These things also belong to the wise. It is not good to have respect of persons in judgment. He that saith unto the wicked, Thou art righteous, him shall the people curse, nation shall abhor him. But to them that rebuke him shall be delight, and good blessings shall come upon them. These two verses here are really important for our world today, aren't they? Because all we have is we have people everywhere, even churches everywhere, just condoning perverse and wicked behavior. What does it say about them? He that saith unto the wicked, Thou art righteous. Him shall the people curse, Nation shall abhor him, but to them that rebuke him shall be delight, and a good blessing shall come upon them. Every man shall kiss his lips that giveth a right answer. Prepare thy work without, and make it fit for thyself in the field, and afterwards build thy house. Be not a witness against thy neighbor without a cause, and deceive not with thy lips. 
Say not, I will do so to him as he hath done to me. I will render to a man according to his work. I went by the field of the slothful, and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding, and lo, it was all grown over with thorns, and nettles had covered face thereof, and the stone wall thereof was broken down. Then I saw and considered it well. I looked upon it and received instruction, yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that travaileth in thy want as an armed man. Don't be lazy. That's the short of it. All right, I have no time left. I hope you've been blessed and encouraged and strengthened this morning. And I hope that you feel and you've drawn closer to the Lord as a result of this work. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your financial support. Peace and grace be with all of you. Until next time. God bless.